Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Another week, another podcast. I hope you guys had a great week this week, and you're looking forward to that Friday drive, getting ready to punch out for the weekend and go home and work on your Volkswagen. Hopefully, you're getting ready for one crazy weekend. That's coming up October 6th and 7th at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. It's going to be a rager. We've got a Friday night strip cruise. We have Saturday morning car show, and we have the world-famous Saturday evening Let's Talk Dubs in the Wagon One Crazy Weekend Poker Run. So that's where you get a chance to win your share of $2,000 in cash that we give out. So make sure that you guys check that out. We're sponsored by Finley Volkswagen on that, as well as Nevada Off-Road Buggy, SoCal Speed Shop, Sunkiss Graphics, Ross Wolf, VW Trends Magazine. Those are also the people helping us with this particular event. So we appreciate all of those. And we may be having some other sponsors come on board as well. So make sure, uh, you know, last I checked, I talked to uh, my guy at the hotel and we've got a lot of rooms booked out already. Um, they filled up our thing. They released 10 more rooms. So uh, I need you guys to book those rooms. Make sure you got your rooms booked. So we've got, uh, there's just a ton of people going to be coming to town for that. And Make sure that you you guys may have you may have to double up in some rooms or find a place to stay. Either way, it's going to be one crazy weekend here in Las Vegas. So don't forget, get registered. Go online at letstalkdubs.com. This podcast is brought to you by the likes of VW Trends Magazine, a magazine for the people, by the people. It is one of the most unique VW magazines on the market today. Lots of how-tos, tons of color pages, and water-cooled VWs in it as well. So make sure you guys go subscribe today at VWTrendsMagazine.com. That's VWTrendsMagazine.com. Also, Ross Wolf, high-quality aftermarket parts made by enthusiasts for enthusiasts. So you might want to make sure you check out their website at RossWolf.com. You can pick yourself up one of those Viton gaskets, the reusable gaskets for your oil sump. No more paper gaskets and silicone and all that funky business just a nice new sump cover plate and phyton gaskets you might also check out their locking dipsticks or even the velocity stacks how about the distributor clamps i don't know get yourself a set of bus deck lid hinges if you got a raggly old deck lid hinges on your bus get yourself some deck lid hinges i need some deck lid hinges for the bull run bus i gotta call ross wolf get a set of deck lid hinges so uh the deck lid hinges looking pretty raggly on the beetle barn bus i meant to say so we'll be getting a set for those for that bus coming up uh, don't forget to support those guys go to rosswolf.com if you happen to be at a car show and you see the guys from ross wolf tell them you heard about them on let's talk dubs and they'll have a special surprise for you so this week's podcast it's an awesome one back in the 90s there was a lot of cool cars one of the coolest cars that i remember was pookie's dream and that car was super rad late model square back on fully polished fuchs detailed to the nines cool custom compartment in the back with a speaker some wine glasses you know the huge it looked good the old shifter the velour interior the the nissan pulsar seats in it this thing was way back from the get back super super rad i loved it it was uh one of my favorite all-time squarebacks even uh in spite of it being a late model and on this week's podcast we get to talk to tony moyer who's the guy who built this car uh super cool squareback was on the scene for several years and it was always there and it just kept getting more and more refined and defined until ultimately he sold the car so we get to track down the story talk to him firsthand see what it was like who he was showing against all those cool things and what was happening in the 90s right about that time that he got rid of the car and then again we tracked down what happened in the car and it's a cool surprise ending to the podcast so get your issue of august 1991 vw trends magazine out so you can follow along check out the car this week's podcast pookie's dream tony moyer on let's talk dubs 
probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. everybody so on today's podcast uh, a lot of times we go and start chasing down cars from the past that were some of the feature cars and maybe cars that influenced us and i personally originally got into volkswagens being inspired by squarebacks that were that was one of the first issues that i saw back in 87 and then later i was always looking in the magazines for other squarebacks and so on today's podcast uh, you guys may remember a squareback by the name of Pookie's Dream, and it was in the August of 1991 VW Trends. And on today's podcast, I have the owner and builder of Pookie's Dream, Tony Moyer, on the podcast. Tony, welcome to the show. Howdy. How you doing? The way we start the podcast always is what's, you know, the, the squareback in and of itself was really, really cool. It was a late model squareback. I got a lot of questions about some of the some of the things that you did and, and why you picked this and all that kind of fun stuff. But the way we always start the podcast is what's your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens? Um, I actually started out, I mean, I, I, I originally started out with a 1971 Plymouth Roadrunner. Um, so yeah, it's short. I mean, it was a short lived journey. Um, and uh, but uh, when uh, one day I was driving close to home somewhere and um, I, I was dri- driving down, driving, I drove by this late modeled square back that was sitting parked, parked, uh, parked on this on this street. Yeah. And it caught my eye for some reason or another. There was nothing specifically special about it or anything, but it just caught my eye. And I thought, well, that's really cool. I mean, I, I'd like to see, you know, I, 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 I I, I came back around, rolled by it again, and thought, okay, well, you know, that I mean, that would be an interesting car to have if, you know, I really wanted to go that route. Um, I knew a couple of people from high school that were into bugs, um, and uh, um, they, uh, those, you know, I mean, bugs are okay, but I, I just, uh, this, when I saw this square back, I knew it was, I knew I had to get my hands on one. Um, so, you know, I, from that point forward, fast forward, it basically, I was in the, uh, the roadrunner breaks down. I get rid of it. Um, I'm in the search for a Volkswagen and I'm in the search for a square back. Right. And I'm around. And of course, uh, you know, my dad, he, uh, my dad, he taught, he, he kind of talked me away from the square back and we found a, a 65 bug sitting on a car dealership that really stood out. It was slammed, um, stock motor, Porsche red. And this is, we're, we're circa, we're talking 1984. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, it had just the chrome, uh, chrome, chrome stock rims, chrome moon caps on it. Um, and, uh, I bought it, uh, not really wanting to be my first car, but I bought it. And that's how it started for me, uh, the whole journey. Going. And then when you bought this car, so originally you bought it as kind of a daily driver. And what was, uh, with this car, what was the original color on this car? 
oh, oh, you talking about the squareback? Yeah, or? when you first bought it, because in the story it talks about it, when oh, you first okay. bought it, you kind of daily drove it for a while. Yeah, the the dream came. Uh, the dream came along after I got rid of the bug. I had the bug. I had the bug from eighty four to eighty eight. I sold it. Uh, and the reason why I sold it was because I was a coworker of mine at the time. Uh, he told me, he comes and he approached me about this squareback, and he said, "Yeah, he goes my his what would be his future in laws had this squareback and they had it stored away in their garage and the guy." And the guy was thinking about selling it, and he knew uh, that I wanted one. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll go check it out. So he arranged for me to check it out. I go in there. I go to this uh, gentleman's house. He opens up his garage, and there sits this gold 72 square back. Oh, so it was gold. Yikes. <laughs> it was gold. Yeah, it was gold. Um, it was a Latino family. Um, they bought the car brand new. Uh, it had everything on it that it was. It came off the lot with. Um, it was originally a light beige car, um, but they painted it gold and they drove it. Uh, basically, they used it to drive the family to and from uh, down south in Mexico. And the car saw a saw a lot of. I mean, it was a road warrior. Right. Uh, definitely a road warrior. Um, but. Um, uh, the guy was initially reluctant to sell because it was kind of a family member. He had a, the emotional attachment, and so did some of the family members. Sure, but um, we talked to him. I, but we, you know, we got, I convinced him. I said, "Look, I go. I'm going to take this car, and I'm going to redo it, and I'll bring it back when I'm done, and so you can see the end result." And um, uh, and he's all like, "Okay." Um, very good. Five hundred dollars later, I come, tow the car out of the garage, get it at home, pull it in the backyard, and start planning. And uh, at, at this time, what, what is some of your? Are you involved in the VW scene at all, or you're just going into this blind and you just kind of have a cursory no, understanding? I, actually, I, I mean, my first VW show was my first VW show was actually back in. Oh God. Um, I don't know if you remember or not, uh, the Malibu Grand Prix that they had down here. Yeah. Uh, there was one in Anaheim, one in, there was one in Anaheim, one in, uh, uh, Pointy Hills. Um, those, um, uh, they had, they, there was a series of VW car shows that were, uh, that happened and they were held at these venues. Uh, my first show was actually seen, it was going down to the Anaheim show. Uh, Chris Addington's car was there when it was, uh, uh, when it was blue, right? Crystal blue persuasion. Yeah. That's what it was called. <laughs> yeah. It was blue at that time. And, um, and, um, uh, I, I mean, I drove down there in the bug and a buddy of mine went with me, uh, enjoyed the show, thought it was cool. Next one comes around and, uh, I, uh, it's at it's at Pony Hills, and I attended that one, and I actually entered uh, my bug at the time. I I did put it in the show with the with uh, with the intent on selling it at the show, um, because I really wanted to move on from it that at that point. Um, uh, but um, and uh, at that show, um, uh, for what I understand, you are the owner of 
uh, of the uh, famous Connect notchback. Yeah, Future Shock sits that, in my garage right that, now. That car, that car, I believe, debuted at that show in at, at Pony Hills. It was there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, so this has got to be uh, 84, 85, maybe eighty five. Yeah. Yeah, this goes this goes pre this goes this goes pre jamboree, and um, I never I mean I never attended the Johnny Speed and Chrome shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I may have actually attended one, uh, but I never actually I never actually had a car in one. But I uh, but um, uh, but again I was in the process of actually. You know, trying to keep one car, I mean, keep the car running. Then I turn around, stripped it, and, and put it back together. But um, that's where it's, I mean, that, that's, I go that early. Um, and then when I sold the, I sold, I, I bought the, I bought the dream and I spent the first 13 months to flipping it into a driver. Right. Cause it was and, probably, uh, I mean, being a 72, it would have been fuel injected. And all that stuff, right? yes. And so you had to go through and do all that. For the stock motor, I mean, I had a mild 1776 built for it, German Auto in uh, Santa Fe Springs, which were at the time they were specialist in off-road mm-hmm. uh, VW building. Um, uh, they built the motor for me, uh, redid the trans, um, and um, uh, had the car together. Um, basically, uh, I, I really didn't look for, I, I, I've never was a person to look for the mainstream or the big dollar shops to do the work on the cars. Uh, I did a lot of assembly for myself, uh, and I always wanted to get the smaller guys involved, like with paints. Uh, it was a small guy in Whittier that did, did the initial, uh, did the initial base on it. Um, um, uh, the first paint job on that car, uh, version 1.0, as I'll call, I'll refer to it. Right. That's when I was from 88 to, uh, 88 to 90. Um, and then, uh, uh, there, uh, and then I had an interior guy, um, uh, and that interior guy, he actually had come to find out that he did the interior work on my Roadrunner when he was in Montebello. And I didn't know about it until like two or three years after dealing with them with, uh, with the dream. Yeah. Um, we kind of put two and two together and say, Hey, wait a minute. And, you know, you, I mean, yeah, you guys used to be here. Yeah. And I, there we were. So, but, uh, but yeah, the, um, uh, but it was, uh, we flipped it into a driver, got it going. And, um, the, uh, uh, had a lot of fun with it. Um, and drove then, it everywhere. And, and it what, my drive. what fires you off to like decide to make it a show car? Cause that's a pretty big, it's a pretty big that step was a to big take. Step. Yes, that was a big step. Um, that, uh, that happened in, uh, in 90, um, I, I relocated from the Whittier area to, um, Ontario. Um, I had done a, sh- I had done a show, uh, I had, at the time I had started doing the RG canning shows. Mm-hmm. I did a show in Long Beach, um, and it was the first one I did. And there was a group of, uh, there was a club of VWs that were at the show, uh, uh, uh named Fast Four. 
and they were based out of the Inland Empire. They were big at the time. I mean, a fairly big, uh, a fairly big group. Not as big as they were earlier in the '80s, but they were still a, they were still a fairly large, healthy club. And um, uh, what basically what that led to was me tracking them down when I moved when after I moved out here in Ontario uh, with my wife, and um, we found them. Now that's and, that's not the club I remember. On Inside Edition back in the day, there was some, some little blurb on the on the news with on Inside Edition that showed a VW club in Southern California. That wasn't the club. Was that the club that was on it? That Fast Four VWs? Because for some reason, that name really sticks out to me, and I don't know why. Uh, Fast Four Fast Four was a very very large group of party animals uh, in the uh, like in eighty five eighty six. Um, before I knew anybody in the club, uh, definitely a heavy presence at this, you know, at the sh in the shows, that type of thing. But, uh, you may be talking about Volcom and Strauss and those guys were based out of Orange County and that they were a very, very large group of, uh, group of, uh, people. Yeah. Very large, very large group. Volcom and Strauss. I mean, I mean, German folks was, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, it was established in '82. Uh, they were definitely well known. Um, um, yeah. Uh, who else? Anything of? Um, well, so you saw, was, so you you knew the guys from Fast Four when you moved out there. Is that where you met uh, Mike? Well, I, I what what it, what it happened was is I tracked down. I mean, I was I somehow I tracked down where they were meeting. And they were meeting at a pizza place uh, in Montclair at the time, and somehow I, I I I found out through some channel. I don't I really don't remember how, but uh, I showed I just drove up uh, I drove up uh, and showed up out of the blue at one of their meetings, and I walk in and you know introduce myself and you know they you know they they introduce you know they introduce themselves and have me sit down and. And a, a few of the guys, they walked outside to, you know, uh, you know, to, to take a look at my car. And because, you know, they asked me, you know, you know, what my car was, I said, it's a square back. And, you know, and so they went out there and the guy, and they, one of the guys comes back and he goes, and he's all like, Hey, that's that square back from, from, from the Long Beach show. I go, this is the guy. And, and um, so with them, basically, you know, obviously they all helped out each other, you know, keeping their rides going and cleaning them up and doing what they do. They, uh, they were, they were, they were let at the time, the president of the club, he was a very, very, very good painter. Uh, good bot. I mean, uh, uh, very, uh, very good with body. Uh, but I mean, he really knew how to lay down color. And that's Mike, and Mike Bates. Mike Bates. Yes. Yeah. He uh, he definitely uh, definitely uh, knows how to lay down color. The guy, I mean, it, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's just uh, you know he definitely. I, I believe he definitely you know, was given uh, yeah, given uh, given some kind of a blessing of a way uh, to, on how to do that because I mean there's very few people. I mean there's a lot of great painters. There's no question about it now like that. And had had that guy had some uh, some different resources to to take it to take him to uh, you know uh, to the upper enchilada and of the car scene 
I mean, who knows what that guy would be doing right now. Right. Uh, just, I mean, I mean, it, it just, uh, I mean, a phenomenal painter. Uh, absolutely. No question. No bar none. Um, the, the, two, I mean, the, 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 all the paintwork that he did on the dream, I mean, I mean, it spoke for itself. Sure. It really did. And he did the, really he did the graphics and everything too. Um, yes, actually, uh, it was the, the, the paint on the car was basically what you saw was, uh, uh was to, he, he did two generations of paint on the car. The, he did what it what we referred to as uh, 2.0 is when we took, when I made the commitment to take it off the road and convert and, and commit it to full show. And that, ha and that commitment was decided on in, um, in uh august of 1990 mm -hmm. and what the goal was was for us as a group to take the car strip it down and get it all back together and the target show was long beach rg canning for december of 1990 we were going to debut it there mm -hmm. and so we had six months to flip this car um, so basically we, uh, he stripped down the car, uh, we did some, uh, uh, uh did some, uh, some, uh, did some body repair to it that it needed just cause there was areas where, um, that weren't done very well from the, from the, the previous, uh, paint, uh, work that was done on it. Um, so we got that straightened out. And um, and then basically put it to base, uh, put the ba uh, you know put it to a, a color. It looked very similar, uh, but it wasn't exactly the same color. The original 1.0 color was out of the box. The 80, 1988 Honda Accord green. Mm -hmm. um, the 2.0 version was we went we went and I wanted something that was a little more foresty looking, a little darker same paint but how do we darken the mean kind of darken this up a little bit make it huge different so we went up to uh we went to the paint shop and we go in there and we and he knows the guys that run the shop so they sat there and we sat there for about two or three hours tinkering with this honda accord color taking specific hues uh, that make the color and taking them out of the, taking the hues out or adding more to see what kind of effect we get. And we ended up, what we ended up doing was we ended up taking silver out of it to make it darker green with a blue, with this blue hue to it. Yeah. And I mean, and that was it right there. Done deal. Uh, made up of, you know, made up like four quarts, four or five quarts of the paint. Um, and so, cause we knew we'd have to hang on to it because you only get one shot at it. And, um, uh, so we put the paint on it. We basically just, all it was, was just the solid green for 2.0. Um, we got it together, got it out. Uh, this, they, they, then after the 91 season, um, I had to make a change for ISCA purposes. Oh, really? So, so yeah, so that's where the graphics come in. And that's when we did the, that's when we did the graphics. The graphics were actually laid out and designed by our wind, our, the club's window guy. Mm -hmm. um, he did the, he hand drew the graphics down 
and then uh, Mike applied the paint to it. Um, you know, we had uh, six base layers of green uh, of the base, and then we had the turquoise, the uh, the turquoise, the blue, uh, the ghost, uh, the ghost graphics on it. Uh, and then it was on to basically, um, uh, I, I want to say in the end, it was like eight or nine coats of clear over it all. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, when it was done, there was like 16 layers. I mean, it was real. I mean, it was nail polish thick, super thick, uh, but it looked so deep and, um, um, yeah, it came out really nice. And then um, what, that's, when, when you said you had to add the graphics for the Iaska stuff, what was that all about? Well, the uh, going to the ISCA, that's, I mean, that or experience. ISCA, is, yeah. yeah, the ISCA, that's what really took us to a different, I mean, took us to a different level. And I learned from it, and what I was learning from it by going to the shows and getting the judge, getting the getting the judges' comments and talking to judges and talking, you know, and learn and 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 talking to people on the ISCA circuit with cars that you know are just way, you know, way way out there. Um, you learn a lot. You learn a lot about details. And um, and I, as I learn that stuff, I bring it back and feed it you know, feed it to the club and the members and say, yeah, you know, this is, this is what you got to do. You know, you got to do this, but when an ISCA in order to really continuously compete, it's not like you could take the same car out and go, you know, and go and show and show over again to be competitive. You can still show it. There's nothing wrong with still showing it as is. It doesn't matter. But if you're out there to really compete and you're trying to win awards and continuously win awards with it, on the ISCA level, you have to make a major modification to the car pretty much, you know, if not every year, every other year. Right. And um, uh, especially when you're going up to the, you know, when, you, when you're doing grand final stuff, I mean, uh, that definitely you have to have a completely altered car to win back to back. And there's only been three cars in the history that have ever done it. But, um, you know, our little Volkswagen, you know, uh, you know, with our backyard beaters and everything are out there throwing, trying to, you know, out there taking away awards from cars that got, you know, six figures in them at the time. Sure. Uh, it, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, when I mean, you look back at it, it, I mean, at the time it really wasn't, you know, it wasn't for the purpose of doing that. It was just, we were awestruck that we were actually in the same building with a lot of these cars. Right. I mean, people. I mean, these people, you know, they just, you know, it, it was a complete, I mean, a completely different scene. Um, oh, the, the hot rod scene versus the, versus the VW scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a different animal. Uh, there was still a lot of, uh, I mean, was, I mean, there's still, depending on where you went, there was still a lot of prejudice over it. I mean, even though they had seen VWs and they'd seen some heavy VWs compete. I mean, you got to talk about, you got, I mean, this goes back to, um, Oh, I keep forgetting the name of the car. It's, uh, the, it was a car in 81. Uh, uh, it was a bug, all heavily modified. Oh, you're, ta you're talking about, uh, um, well, what do you call it? Days of Thunder. He called, he called it, uh, it was named after a movie. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was done, it was done over twice. It was once black and once like a, like a, 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 burnt, a burnt orange. Yeah. 
Barnes was the last one. It was in, I, I mean, I, re, I remember the car, I mean, I mean, the, 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 the car itself, you know, it had the, it had the front, it did the body tilted off of the frame. Yep. yep. Had the yeah. inboard, I mean, inboard Porsche, Porsche motor. Yes. Yes. And, uh, but, I mean, that was the, the one of the first ones I think they ever really, I mean, that, that really struck a chord on the ISCA scene. Then obviously you move fast, you fast forward, and then there was Peaches and Scream. Right. Peaches and Scream comes in, and uh, to my knowledge, and this is a story that I got, it was only one of two VWs that were ever invited to the Fresno ISCA show, which the only way you can get into the show is by invite from the promoter himself, who was Blackie Jennigan. Yeah. And at the show, it was the only car to score a hundred points. Oh, really? Which perfect score. Uh, and I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, the, the, I mean, that just goes for the amount of detail that was in the car. There was not, I mean, the car really itself wasn't, it really wasn't heavily modified to what I remember. Oh, but, you're, ta- um, you're talking about peaches, peaches and scream. Yeah. But the car had immense detail. Right. And, and I mean, I mean, it was done, I mean, it was done in depth hard to do something like that. You know, again, you know, judging's, you know, judging is judging and, you know, it's, sub, yeah, it, it's subjective to the, you know, uh, to, to the people, the time, the place, that type of thing. There's always that argument, always will be that argument. Uh, but again, I don't know if anybody's ever done anything better. I mean, as far as uh, judging sheets concerned. Um, then you had, um, uh, which is my, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you, 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 I mean, I have a lot of respect. I have a lot of respect for, 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 for this notchback that you own, the future shock. And it's not to displace it by any means, way, shape or form. But to me, I, the hands down the, I mean, my favorite car is suicidal tendency. Yeah. And I mean, I, 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 I can't. I, I can't really put a car, a, a Type Three, any higher than that car. Yeah, Paige, uh, Paige Proctor's suicidal tendencies. Yeah. Yes, <clears throat> that's a nice car. It was it was it was actually at the Grand National Roadster Show last year with Future Shock and all those guys. Yes, I, I did see that, and I was heartbroken that I could not go out there to uh, to actually see Paige for the first time since. I won. I won best of show with uh, with the dream. Right. And that was nine. That was ninety two. So yeah, I hadn't seen I hadn't seen Paige since then. And I mean, and he gave me. I mean, he he gave me insight on the car on, on things I needed to do. He was actually he was also a drive. You know, he was also a um, a driving force in, in me taking it off the street as well. Uh, yeah. so his car, his car motivated you to kind of get that car oh, and, yeah. and build a show oh, car. Yeah. If there is, I mean, if there, I mean, if there, I mean, if there isn't anybody that was really serious, serious about putting together a very heavyweight car, uh, if they don't bring him up and kid Dean, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, they, they don't, they have no clue. They really don't. I mean, the, I mean, that car, it, I mean, it, you can see modification with it, but it, it's like it was intended to be with the car. 
and and there's stuff on that car that most people don't even notice or right. wouldn't know unless I did it to them. I mean, I mean, absolutely phenomenal. But I was heartbroken. I couldn't get out there to see him. I really was. Yeah, uh, it was I a, really did. It was a it was a great show, and a lot of a lot of cars. That who knows when the next time all those cars will be together again? You know. Oh God, no, no. It's uh, no ancestor butts. I mean, even you know. It's, I mean, uh, I I I always you know went um, in '94. Uh, good guys did the good guys did that VW uh, VW Expo up in um, I want to it was in Monterey San Jose somewhere up there yeah and I had just I mean every I mean I had just put the car I had put the dream away I was done uh, and the word was out that the car was not going to be seen going to be wasn't going to be shown anymore. And this, and then Good Guys announces the show, and what they're going after is they're going after VW of the Year. They want to pick a VW of the Year. And I'm like, I got it. We got to do that. Wife's looking at me and going, "We got to do it. We got to take it up there. We got to do it." Right. And the one, the one thing I never did with the dream was I never took it to a VW only event in Northern California. And that was the only one we ever did. And uh, we went up there. Uh, and when I rolled up with the car, VW Judging Association's on the scene. They see the car and they're asking me, and they immediately start asking me, what are you doing here? I go, uh, yeah, come on, they threw a bone out here. I got to try this. I got to see if we can pull this off. Right. And. Yeah, and they're like, uh, wow, I thought you retired this thing. No. Yeah, I go, okay. Well, you know, they gave me a great show spot and everything. And um, and that show drew probably about, for what I remember, at least a minimum of 20 undercarriaged cars. Oh, wow. I mean, there were, I mean, I, I mean, uh, I mean, there was mine, uh, Stan brought bad raz out for that um there was another peach bug out of the vallejo area that was owned by a very young couple uh that was in hot vws uh it was a fresh really i mean it was a fresh uh build at the time mm -hmm. they showed up with that car um i don't know if you remember but there was a black oval uh, down, uh, that was really wreaking havoc down here for a short period of time called Built to Destroy. Hmm. It was it was a black a black a jet black oval um, and uh, and but the but the uh, the guy had worked on it for seven years and it had a mix of cro uh, triple chrome plating and triple gold plating all through suspension and drivetrain. And they had the uh, pan covered with uh, with uh, with a really super high um, high uh, polished stainless steel. Yeah. And, and this car was, I mean, that car, I mean, it just flat out. I remember when he debuted it because we both showed up at the same show showing sign in Chino the day before the night, the day before the night, uh, the ninety. Let's see here. Cup. 
Now before it was before the VW Classic or was it, it was the Jamboree? Uh, this was Jamboree 91, one of the 91 Jamborees. Uh, he came out, and, I mean, nobody had ever seen this car in the VW scene. That was its debut, and he won hand, I mean, he won the show hands down. I remember seeing uh, one at Burt Silo's car that was the black 56 with the white the rag. Bug, the puzzle bug, Burt. Yeah. Burt, Burt Silos, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well, yes, I do remember him very well. Him and the crew that came out of the valley, there was a guy with a uh, – with a at the time it was a white uh, white early square back of 65 i believe it was when a uh, f- uh, white five spokes and the car was yellow with white scallops yep um yeah those guys were great guys uh ran into them i mean almost all the time and uh uh but yeah this guy no this bug here i uh, it uh I mean, there was a lot of when you say black oval obviously over the years right. it's like saying seen, it's like saying red yeah, convertible I, but this thing, but this thing here, it was a special car. I mean, it. I mean, the guy didn't. I mean, the guy had it for. He, he was working on it for over seven years, and he got the car out and he showed it for basically one season, and then he sold it because he was sick of looking at it. And the guy that bought it from him, he gutted the. He took all the suspension off of it and gutted all the drivetrain and everything, and he threw it into a black Gia, and he took the Gia up to this '94 show. Uh, to compete for this VW event, and uh, but but yeah, it uh, that show there though. I mean, that was probably the closest thing. I mean, uh, to, I mean, to really what I would consider a heyday. I mean, golden age. And which show Flat- are you referencing specifically? Yeah. The Jamboree. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Are you referencing the Jamboree as the show? Is that the one you're talking about? Uh, or are you talking about the show? Up- yeah. I'm- Oh, this show, uh, the, the 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 show in '94, the one, uh, the the Good Guys Expo, right? That was the biggest gathering of of, of undercarriage cars since probably the mid '80 Jamborees. Yeah, no question, no question at all. I mean, I kind of, I mean, there were still quite a few cars. I mean, especially during my time. Uh, but it, I mean, given, you know, it was kind of like in the, you know, the eighties, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people were getting pulled away from the mini truck scene or it's just, they, you know, there, there really wasn't a lot of people really wanting to build another trailer queen, uh, at the time they just wanted to build, you know, build drivers right. and call it a, um, and what's your last show that you, I mean, uh, how long do you campaign the car for? I campaigned the car for uh, from '88. Well, I mean, let's see here. Um, let's see. We're going from from the very first show was June '90, uh, June '89, BW Classic, and my last show was June. Oh, it was June of '94, and the VW Classic. Because uh, at that time, I was getting ready. I was preparing to sell it. So, and and what was what was the driving force behind you selling it? Just changing life, and you were getting you starting a family, uh, yeah, or what it happened? Was, it was a down payment for my first place. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> so, that's, that's a lot of that's a lot. I mean, I I also own a, a, a chop top that was uh, in hot VWs and VW trends twice. And, right, uh, right, red BMWs, correct? The B, the BRMs, yeah, with the, the you said a Rockford Fosgate system it belonged to Jim Moto, yep. but it was built by Scott Gildner. So I own that car, 
and I, you know, the, all these cars were around the same time that car that, uh, that your car was out at the same time. So that's, yeah. uh, that, that's, that's interesting that, uh, you know, the, I've got two cars that were out at the same time. And so you're getting ready. And, and well, the reason I brought it up is because Scott originally sold it to Jim who showed the car. It was Scott's daily driver, Scott Gildner, the painter in Simi Valley. And he okay. sold it to put a down payment on a house. So that's the reason why he sold his car. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's a life change. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I, I can definitely t- I can definitely say uh, that uh, there was one very unhappy camper in the camp, and when I announced that I had sold it, and that was Mike Bates. He uh, he did. I mean, he was not happy that I let it go. Yeah. Um, but you know, he understood, and uh, and. Um, when, uh, the day I dropped it off, and I dropped it off to the person that was buying it. You remember who bought who it? Had been, who had been after? Yeah, who had been after me for two years to try to buy the car from me, and because he wanted to buy it because his wife wanted the car, and I said, and I go, no, and I kept telling him, nope, nope, I'm not ready. Well, I'm done now. I'm ready. Come and get it. Right. And you know, and I showed up at his door. I showed up at his door. Gave me, you know, gave me the cashier's check, and uh, you remember what you and, sold it for back when you sold it in '94. Is '94 when you sold it? Uh, I sold it in '94, and I sold it for unfortunately a total a total of thirteen thousand dollars. Which actually was was pretty good money back then for a Volkswagen. I mean, thirteen thousand dollars that was that was some. Well, I mean, in '94, based on what was going on with you, resale on Volkswagens. I mean, the total camp, I mean, the t- in the end, the total, I mean, the total investment uh, in the car, display, trailer, and you all the, the trailer too for that money? All the, all the support and everything. Uh, no, I did not sell the trailer. The trailer <laughs> didn't. I was like, that's a deal. <laughs> the car was his, the trailer's mine. Uh, uh, I ended up selling the trailer later on, but, uh, but, uh, but the, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, in, in the end, uh, I, I did break out about half of what I put into the whole shebang. So, well, yeah, that's the thing we, we never really get what we put you into ne- it. You're never going to get what you put into it. I mean, and there's people out there that, you know, they, they can't, they tend to think they're going to buck the system and they're going to do it. And, you know, and, they just don't, you know, again, it's, it's all, I mean, I get that kind of attitude from my dad. My dad was a, my dad was a tinkered on cars in the fifties. He drag raced. Um, and he knew the game, you know, you, you can play around, put money in the car, make it all look pretty and everything. But you know, all you're doing, I mean, it's like a boat. All you're doing is throwing away your money. Right. Yeah. Um, well, you're invest- investing, investing mean, in precious metal. That's what we, <laughs> you know, yeah. The only way, the only way that you're gonna get you get you know get any significant amount back is you've got to find that one person in the world that exactly wants what you have. Right, with the custom car, it's it's kind of tough. And I pretty much, I believe, I came very close with uh, with with Chuck when Chuck Calloway when he bought the car. And what was the guy's name that bought it? Chuck Calloway, you said. Uh, Calloway, yeah. You mentioned that name, and you're. I mean, you'll hear uh, you'll hear about a lot of bought car stories. Uh, oh, he came was out, he a guy that just bought cars? Yeah, he came out here from Arkansas, and uh, he got himself in the scene. He shows up with a, he shows up with this uh, late Beetle, and it's got um, 
It's got the rod, suicide tweed interior, and it's super tight, nice paint job and everything. You can tell there's definitely money in it, but the guy's got money. And uh, and uh, the car got on the cover. I think the car was on the cover of Hot BWs. Um, well, he started what he started doing was he, st- but he was also a car collector. So it wasn't VWs that he only collected. He also collected other cars. Right. I mean, he was really into collecting VWs. And another Type Three that he bought was a was a red was a red square a picture window square back uh, that was running Chrome eight spokes. Uh, nothing special except the fact that it had the you know it was a picture window uh, picture window which is you know the is the uh, is the pillar cut out of the uh, between the two rears so it makes it a single piece window on each right. side. Yeah. Oh, and then um, but on the back, the, the kid that owned the car and was putting it together. Uh, he did a really phenomenal job on the detail in the engine compartment and he had a really clean motor and he loved to show that motor off and he had this glass deck lid built for it. And I mean, it really looked very good. I mean, it was very impressive. Uh, the problem was that the kid that was building it, either he lost interest or he, um, ran out of money for the most part. And basically, Chuck came in and scooped it up from him, uh, took it to his interior guy, put his suicide interior in it, finished off the car, and started campaigning the car that way um, for a while. Uh, we bought my car. There was a couple other cars I heard that he had purchased uh, that were that were showing during that time. Um I do know he took my he took the, he took the dream he took it out he took immediately took it to the shop, had the interior gutted, uh, took the drivetrain out, um, uh, had the interior redone, uh, suicide tweed, um, uh, and then uh, the, had the tranny rebuilt and he had the motor redone and put back in but it i mean all the detail that was in the drivetrain was lost right uh ever to be seen again uh he took it to the next uh, he took it to the next jamboree um and people that were i didn't attend the show uh i don't remember my specifics of why i did not go uh i mean but uh, maybe in a way i didn't really want to go back to see the car uh, if he did bring it out because, you know, I didn't know what he would do with it, but it didn't really bother me. I just, I just was, life was moving me in a different direction at the time. Uh, but, uh, as I ran into people that I knew still, you know, were very intact in, in contact with, um, and actually a couple of the judges came to me and they, and they asked me if I saw the first question they asked me, he goes, did you see the car? And I go, no. And he goes, and they're like, uh, good. And I'm like, okay, what's that? What's that supposed to mean? And he goes, well, he goes, made a lot of changes to it. And I'll tell you, he didn't do anything for it. Uh, he, uh, he, uh, it does not look as good as the way you put it together. And not even remotely close. And I'm like, wow. I go, okay, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. So he packed it up, took the car to Arkansas, put it in a warehouse. Uh, I guess he passed away. Cargo, um, cargo's, uh, gets, uh, gets into an estate sale. 
somehow, way, shape, or form, it ends up in Oklahoma, outside of Oklahoma City, in some uh, some small small time car uh, mechanic uh, slash dealer's um, outfit. Yeah, and he he put it on he put it online for sale. Um, and I, I didn't see, I didn't, the only reason I knew was because I did some searching for it about five years past that point. Mm-hmm. Cause I was asked a couple of questions you know, about the car and I said, I have no idea where it is. I go for all intended purposes, the car's probably already been crushed. Right. You know, you know, I mean, and to me, I would have been good because again, uh, the only point of me keeping the car and being able to do what I was doing with it, I would have had to strip it completely down and make something completely different out of it. And that wasn't going to happen on my watch. Right. I just, too much. The car was built the way I wanted it. And too it's much done. time and energy. And it's, and it's like, why, why start over with something that, that you finished? It, it, so do you know where the, done. do you know where the car's at today? Uh, the car actually, um, just, Within the last month, um, I got word it was posted on. Uh, I was posted on a Facebook mar- Facebook Marketplace in Pacifica, California, and the person that had it was trying to sell the car for three thousand well, dollars. Um, so, many pictures of it. So it I, looked very. <laughs> I saw. So I. So I, I've got a special guest that's coming on the podcast right now, and I. I think you know him, Paul Davis, right? Yes. So, oh yeah, no, I know Paul. <laughs> so Paul, you there? Yeah. What's up, Tony? Hey, what's going on? So Paul, do you have any information on on his missing squareback? Yeah, it's in my backyard. You bought it. I bought it for twenty seven hundred. For twenty seven hundred bucks. I saw that it sold for twenty seven hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so you went and you got the beast, huh? So, so the story is, you know, you know, I found the car like four years ago, or whatever. When I, when that 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 family up in Pacifica bought it. Yeah, I remember and that. I've been, I've been in contact with them, you know, kind of throughout throughout the years and stuff, kind of helping them get it together and everything. And they knew that I kind of had an attachment to it. So when they did post it for sale, uh, we were in contact and stuff, and. Uh, you know, um, they're a really cool family. You know, they're more of an American car family. The the wife just wanted the square back because she had one back in the day, and they were <laughs> they were kind of over it. The women's car it always yeah. has been everywhere you go. It's like <laughs> yeah. So I'm talking I'm talking to the husband and stuff. I'm like, dude, I really want the car. You know, um, you know, I, there, there's something there sentimental to me about the car. Um, you know, and he goes, but I, I said, but I don't have the money. And he was like, well how long will it take you to get the money? And I said, oh, just probably a couple of weeks or something. And he goes, all right, it's yours. So, you know, I, I, I sold some, I sold some little, you know, toys and stuff that I got, raised the money real quick and then road trip to Pacifica, 18 hours, um, 900 miles, jammed up there, grabbed it, brought it back home. And then, uh, you know, been kind of tinkering on it since, you know, it runs and drives and um, there they, some- they had raised it up. So I already slammed it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I had to take care of that. <laughs> um, but, but you know, Tony, I just you know, and I and I talked to Bill. Bill had talked about your car in the past. So I know he was a fan of the car. Huge fan. So the, the day that the day that I made the deal, I texted him, and before I can even text him back again, he was already calling me, going, "You bought it." So, <laughs> well, um, well, you know, I, you know that, 
that was pretty cool. Oh, so you know, Tony, I, I've no, like Paul's known for cars he's built. I'm known for cars that I built, and it's something kind of weird when you go back and kind of buy somebody else's car. And there's one or two things that happens: you either preserve it for the way that it was because of what it meant when it was out there, which is with the two cars that I have, right? Like those two cars. They're staying the way that they were other than some minor refinements to make them better for driving today. But right. it's really in, in the car world, it's always like you build your own car, right? Like you don't buy it. But I think the scene's been around long enough to where guys that have been in the scene for a while, we look at some of these cars that inspired us. And if there's an opportunity to come up and buy it, it's like there's not many people that will appreciate a pink chopped hard top convertible <laughs> notch back with suicide doors and red crush velour interior but it's like yeah. when those things come up and an opportunity you know it's almost like you hate to see 80, the car 80s, 80s customization throws this scene for a loop <laughs> yeah yeah and it's really and it's really something like you know because your car all these cars throughout history have all inspired other people to build and get and do and get into the scene and, and you know i think how does it make you feel uh, knowing that because Paul told me one of the first, the most exciting things in his life was riding in your square back to his first, I think you said your first VW show. It was stories. He was there when we were doing it. So, yeah, but yeah. I, I remember, I remember riding in, in like, for whatever reason, I don't think my square back was going to make it down to the Jamboree. So you're like, yeah, I'll pick you up. So we rode in your square back to the Jamboree. Yep. And it was either 80, like 89, I think ish, like maybe late 89. And it would, yeah, it would have been 89. Yeah. So when it was, when it was still a driver and stuff and then, uh, you know, we, we get down there and I'm like taking the scene in and then, you know, it, like you said with, with Paige Proctor and stuff, you're, you know, you're, you're Emmer, you know, liked his car and then listened to him, what he had to say about cars and stuff. And then, you know, I, I kind of like think that you are the same way. So, when I first did my orange car, you showed up over at Cable Airport and you were looking at it and like, oh, you know, maybe change this bolt, do this, do that, you know. So I did those few things and then look at where my orange car's been, you know. So I think some of that stuff has been thanks to you as well. So that's when I when I had a chance to get this car and like, I'm not gonna let anybody else mess this car up anymore. You know, if anybody's gonna mess it up, let me let me redo it, you know what I mean, and, and keep it in the family, so to speak. So yeah, I, I for sure. I know you called me when it first came for sale, and they were asking six thousand for it. And I just got done buying the limo bug or something that I had, and I thought, yeah. uh, you know, I, I need another project like a hole in the head. You know, I'm sitting at around seven <laughs> or eight Volkswagens right now, and uh, I I thought I'd be a cool car to get. And what bummed me out was all the changes, all the changes from when you built it, you know, Tony, to where it was, you know, with the different with the with the tweed interior and the stuff like that. I was just like, oh man. It's Light green interior. Ugh. Yeah, I, you know, I've got I've got a car that I built back in 1992 that I sold, and it was finally finished. And I blew the motor up, and I was just over it. I said, "I'm done with this. I'm selling it." And it was it was a polar silver '63 ragtop, and the the lady that I sold it to, she painted it like a teal metallic and ruined my car. And it was like, and the worst part is like, you know, today I'm kind of on the hunt for that car if it ever pops up, but. It's just one of those things like when you see something like that done to the car, but there's justice in bringing the car back to the way it was. Now, now, Paul, how much stuff have they changed on the cars? Is the rear the rear built in with the black and white TV? Is that all gone? All that's been changed? Yeah, that that was all gone when the guy did the green interior, mm -hmm. the green tweed, and the, the the whole box piece that whatever that was around the engine bay is missing. So, and the, the, the green tweed, it's been sitting in the sun 
and so it's it's deteriorating. So the interior is going to be redone. Um, the the beam. I know Tony. I think you had chrome the beam, right? Oh yeah. 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 So the beam, the beam has been swapped out. Um, a lot. <laughs> let's of, let's get rid of this chrome and beam and put a crusty yeah, one in there. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, the, it, it gets out by the ocean for theme is not for the week. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> there's no, there's no question. I was very, we were very lucky when we were, when we got that chrome work done for that car. I mean, you remember how much chrome was under that car Oh yeah. and the and the wheels got polished up. All that stuff was done in Pomona. at this little outfit called Pacific, uh, um, Pacific Chrome and metal. Yeah. I think it was called. And they did all that chrome for me for just under three grand. And at the time, everything that we had done, I mean, the guy easily, I mean, because the only reason I got it done so cheap and free because he knew what we were doing. And Mike and Mike had a connection inside a connection with the shop. So they were seeing business from the, from the, from the club. And here I come and I go, okay, I got all this and I'll never forget the day I had to go and pick it up. And there was the bill. And that's like, oh my God, I got to explain this to the wife, (laughs) (laughs) but she was cool with it. Uh, She knew what we were doing and uh, it got done. But yeah, they told me that, yeah, they easily could have gotten, you know, somewhere in the vicinity of eight, $9,000 worth of work done for what they did. But that front beam, yeah, that was a major task. Uh, they had to they had to dunk that thing like three or four times, and then even then, I still to the end to the to the end of day, I still had to hand polish out the welded uh, the welded areas because the chrome just didn't the chrome didn't uh, the the metal would still uh, would still oxidize the area, yeah. Uh, so it dying, I'd have to go in there and polish it out by hand every show. Well, um, I, I tell you, Tony, that car was what you know. So one of my favorite things is the is the cover shot. Like I love my favorite cover shots are always a cover shot where something's going on, and there's like you you know you're tightening up a lug nut, and you got a buddy of yours from the club in there, and and those are my favorite cover shots of all the cover shots for magazines. So. Mike, Mike showed up ten minutes late. Otherwise, we would have had a third car in the shot. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, Mike '65 would have been in there. Yeah, and he would have been in it as well. There was a shot with a there was a shot with a uh, with a girl uh, with a girl in a bikini. Um, they they did take shots. Uh, she was a club member, but they didn't they didn't use them. Uh, they only used the one that you obviously saw in the magazine. And that's you know yeah every once in a great while I look at you know I mean I, I may take a look at it and there's that skinny you know I mean <laughs> the guy in the front right in the front making look making it look like he's tightening the lug yeah that's that's skinny me I definitely do not even come close to that anymore yeah so. the, the young version of all of us right that's what gets that's what ends up getting trapped in time which is which it's great and and. You know, when I was able to, after I had a couple cars featured, I realized that I could kind of take charge of the photo shoot a little bit, um, or at least give yeah. a lot of creative input. And I made sure that when my Type 34 Gia was shot for the magazine, I made sure that that I did kind of a cover scene in the front of my garage with a couple cars out there. And I just love that scene because that's really, you know, the whole the whole 80s and 90s scene was just 
it was about selling a lifestyle. You know, it was like, here's this whole, you know, these young, cool kids from California that just have nothing to do, but cruise rad cars and, and, and wear, uh, you know, low top vans and, and spike their hair. (laughs) (laughs) So I, uh, I, I definitely love that, that whole, that whole vibe. I love the way, you know, it's, it's just classic of the A's. And I think this picture where it's kind of on that debut row at, uh, at the classic, it's got a, a, you know, Paul sent me some pictures and, and you're underneath the car, you know, detailing the engine compartment before you put mirrors in and stuff like that. You got the brake drums off, but it's it's on a black piece of carpet. And I can tell from the picture, it looks like it's in that row that they used to do at the at the, um, the Jamboree. At the Jamboree, yeah, where they'd have all those cars set up, like the debut cars. Yeah, that was um, that, that that would have been if it was if there's if there's drums off of the car. That was one of the last shows I did with it because that was the last area we actually dug in and try to get a couple more points out with uh again that's isca leaking in there um yeah and i uh and uh, to be honest with you um at that jamboree show which would have been its last mm-hmm. if we did not take best of show uh i i mean i was already in the mindset that if it didn't take best of show it never would have and the only reason it did take best to show at that show was because of what we did there. Cause otherwise they would have given it to uh, Kenny Fitzer's bus. Yeah. And Ketsy, Kenny Fitzer's also been on the podcast. So he's, uh, you know, yeah. and, and what's interesting is, you know, Kenny Fitzer is the guy that just built those wide body buses that were at SEMA. And- I understand. Yeah. He- shop down in uh, out here in corona it's really close by and what what's interesting is kenny and i have become pretty good friends because of doing the podcast with him and you know having some other interactions together and just really the the coolest part about kenny is he's still a vw guy to the core you know he's still got two buses and uh he's gonna be he's building one that's gonna be coming out sooner than later and uh he's got two more at home and I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do because it's just one of those things where, you know, he's just got to, that's the, that, the, that was back in the day when it was like Chrome, whatever you can, you know what I mean? Did he, uh, did, uh, did, did he touch base about his black square back? He did. He talked about the black square, the, like a panel side square back that he built. Yep. Yeah. That's the first time I met him. Uh, brought that car out to a, 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 it was a SoCal Club Council uh, show and shine, and we were part of the show uh, with a few other clubs, and we all show we, we all had our cars down there and showing. And he rolls it. He, him, and his dad rolled in with that panel, that panel square. Um, yeah, it uh, that was the very first time I ever met him. Yeah, no, he's a he's a good dude, man, and he's still. He's still all, all totally into VWs, man. So great guy. He's got. If you ever get a chance to go down to his, see a shop, uh, KPD Designs, man. It's a. He he's a, he builds some phenomenal stuff in world record time, man. So uh, posted on uh, posted on IG. It's uh, really you know I mean we, you know I mean well beyond whatever I would do with a car to be honest. With yeah. You. All, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I would never dream of that. It's uh, it's just a uh, fabrication. I, uh, I mean, I still, you know, that's out of out of my concept. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I see that he's doing very well, and he's, yeah, he, he actually, you know, continued on, and he's doing what he's doing, and 
uh, you know, and uh, definitely, uh, definitely deserving. You know, the guy, uh, the guy's smart. Uh, his dad was very, uh, from what I, from what I understand, his dad was, uh, his dad was an engine, an engineer or something of that nature. Yeah, rocket scientist. And, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. His blood. You know, it's in his blood. And, um, you know, and, uh, he, um, you know, he did very well. Um, you know, and, and, and I think back when you go back to the nineties, the eighties and nineties, and, and you look at what was done back then, you know, you, you really, it, it's just such a big difference with the, the VW scene versus the mini truck scene, because it was like the mini truck, you're buying a brand new car. You sure you could put some graphics on it. Sure. Some guys went crazy and rebuilt the whole brand new car. But for the most part, these guys that take these roached out Volkswagens like yours and, you know, all the other ones that are out there and just completely rebuild them from the ground up and make them into show cars. I mean, that's that's kind of a testament to the difference in, in the people that are in the hobby, you know, because to yeah. it's easy to bust out a checkbook and build a mini truck when it's brand new and sure hop in it and drive it to the shows and do all that kind of stuff. But to do that in your Volkswagen, it, it's a lot more a lot more difficult and it takes a lot more commitment to the hobby. And, and as I was talking to my last podcast with one of the, one of the guys I just did a podcast with, you know, there, there's just this commitment to being cool. Like no matter what <laughs> you're, you're doing a Volkswagen and a late model at that. I mean, th that was one of the things, you know, cause that square back was a late model square back, you know, and as time goes on, everybody wants the early ones, but I loved it just for being a late model square back. I, I actually, I actually was, I actually really wasn't looking for a late model. I always, I was always, I was always a fan. I was always a fan of something early. Uh, I definitely wanted to get myself a 65 or earlier, but I could never just find one. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, but, you know, Dub Wigan, yeah, everybody's going to know me for the 72, but, uh, I mean, but, um, uh, I did actually put together a 68 after I retired the, the after I retired the dream, and um, I put a 68 together uh, really quick uh, because I had a growing family. I had a son now at this point, right? And I wanted a clean. I mean, I got the car dirt cheap. You know, found it in a hole in the wall in Riverside. Some guys sold it. I had to put a battery in it to drive it home, uh, and got it running started driving it. It was the perfect car to drive around. I didn't have to worry about anybody stealing it. It's Chia Pet for carpet and springs for seats. Right. Um, but it, I mean, the drivetrain's solid and, um, and, uh, it was great. I mean, it was, it was a fun car. Sounded like a NASCAR inside of it, but it was a fun car. Did some club stuff with it. Uh, but then, um, uh, the day came, uh, my wife gave birth to her son, and I had to make a commitment to clean that car up. Otherwise, I had to get rid of it. Right. And, and so I cleaned it up and uh, did the 13-month treatment on it and uh, new paint, new interior. All, all, this, all the, the usual suspects uh, handled everything for me, built this per perfectly solid driver on the ground. Uh, I actually did show the car. I showed the car uh, – uh, I want to say probably five or six times and always took class with it. Um, and, uh, even though I don't feel it deserved class, but it took class with it. Uh, but it was a fun car. It was a good, it was a good looking car. I do have pictures of both cars together. Some uh, some pictures. Uh, I think Paul might have a couple of maybe a couple of them I've sent to him. 
Yeah, if you got uh, if you've got some pictures by by all means, please send them to me. I'd love to uh, yeah, get those checked. I think I haven't even put those together, but I do. I do have. Um, I do got a couple of uh, the the sixty eight too. The sixty eight, yeah, did yeah, yeah, but you have with the with the with the rack as well. I have to go through my album. Okay, yeah, because I mean I've got all that stuff. If I mean if you're, I mean I, I definitely can I can definitely open the scrapbook on that. Um, I mean I could shoot I could shoot you pictures pictures of the car when I each car when I bought it each car when they you know each car when they were you know put together. Yeah, and, send them to uh, me. I'd love, to, I'd love to put it together with the with the YouTube video for this. So what I, what I do is a YouTube video to the audio of this that kind of goes through the paces. So yeah, that would be great. Absolutely. Yeah, no worries. I get those. I get those to you. Well, perfect. Um, well, hey, I I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh, and Paul. Good luck with the car. So so Tony, what are your feelings about about Paul buying the car? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there's there, there's two things about the car. Okay. First and foremost, when he fat when uh, when he told me when we when he told he actually he actually gave the news to my wife that the car was up north. Yeah, and it had been I guess it had been sitting in Reno the Reno area for a long time uh, out of sight out of mind, and then this party got it in uh, in NorCal, and what you know. He told me about it. I saw the pictures of it, and I'm thinking, okay, that thing's beat up. You know, obviously somebody wasn't taking care of it. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. My initial thought, my initial feelings about it were, okay, you know, the thing's still alive. Yeah. I go, you know, more power to whoever gets it in the future. You know, if they clean the thing up and they respect what it is, more power to them. If they decide to make something different out of it, more power to them. I don't, you know, it's not I, the emotional attachment to the car really it, it, it died a long time ago. Right. Um, but, uh, but when, you know, again, uh, but when it came, I knew if it would float around long enough, uh, you know, if, if Paul wasn't going to get it, I had a gut feeling that Mike would try to grab it. Yeah. You know, and uh, Mike would get his hands on it, whether he would do anything with it or not. You know, it's beyond us. I mean, he'd, uh, he'd always grab a car here and there. Um, uh, and um, uh, but uh, but he uh, but, um, you know, if it lingered around long enough, somebody was going to get it. Well, you know, Paul, you got it. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it definitely would be great to see the car again in person you know obviously we can make that happen in some way shape or form yeah. i mean but the other feeling i have about it is, i mean is that you know it is the fact that it isn't crushed and it still exists right i mean it, that's got to make you feel good right that you built something that people liked enough that they held on to it all this time all this time yeah you know i guess it's uh, it's quite surprising but you know um you know, I, it's. Uh, I'm sure it probably is. Probably, in, in, uh, you know, Paul, you probably can attest that it's probably in a world. I mean, it, it's in a world of hurt. It needs some love. Oh yeah, but so the 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 paint. You know, and, and my wife was just telling me this the other day. She says uh, somebody said you bought another car, and I said yeah, but this car, yeah, it's it's got some meaning to it. So I, I had to get it. And my wife said, yeah, actually, it's not that bad. 
Yeah, it looks like well, maybe the roof needs to be resprayed, right? There's, I mean, it's going to be really, really rough to try to do repair work on that car. I believe I'm just going to say, knowing the processes and the and all the layers that were done to the car uh, to make it what it was, uh, I'm sure you see that. Um, there's definitely plastic in the car. There's no question about that. Uh, but it just to go in, you, you're going to try to repair that stuff. I, I, so my, my plan is fix the roof. That's, that's the major eyesore. And then the rest of it, I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to yeah. leave it, leave it as is. And, you know, let it, let it do its, its natural thing. Cause I got other projects, you know, ahead of it, but oh, yeah. I'm just glad that it's, it's, you know, it's mostly there and, um, Bill, I'm going to try and fix the roof and dial it in and bring it to Vegas for your show. Yeah, that'd be rad, man. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be super cool to see. So I'd love so, to see that car. That's awesome. Yeah. Vegas. So that's another plan right now. Yeah, because Bill does a show every year in Vegas. So Vegas. October 6th and 7th at the Orleans Hotel and Casino, the one crazy weekend. So if you come down, if you come down, it'd be cool to see you, to see you there with the car. I... I actually am off the the week. I mean, I'm off the week out the week going that weekend leads into the ninth. I'm I just actually am off that all that week. I will see what mm-hmm. I can there. Yeah, that'd you be need cool. to come. <laughs> I assure um, you it'll be a good time. Nothing better than cruising Volkswagens on the strip. Yeah, so. I, I, I saw I saw some pictures that Paul posted when he took uh, when he took his car out there. Looks like a lot of fun. I've been there yeah. a couple of times. Uh, I've been there a couple. I've been to Vegas a couple of times. Uh, I drove the '68 there twice. Oh wow! Showed it. Uh, showed it at the. I meant to show it the first time I drove it. Meant to show it, but we had to come home because of a medical emergency. Um, the second time I drove it out. Um, uh, I actually did get it in the show, uh, and um, there was a lot of people I met. Uh, a lot of people that knew the car, knew the uh, knew the. They they remembered me from the dream, and and they remember seeing it at uh, cash at um, not Cashman Center, seeing it at the. Um, what's the uh, what's what's the is it the convention center? That's the one that's. It yeah, is, so there's uh, the Thomas and Mac. There's the convention center, and then there's also uh, Cashman Field, which is downtown. Uh, Cashman Field. Okay, it was Cashman Field. That's that's where I showed the dream one time. I, I did ISCA stop there. Yeah, uh, I did that there. Yeah, uh, rolled in just as they were getting ready to close the doors. We were running late and got there and rolled in with the car. Had an end cap. Uh, I've had, I've had, I had a couple people from the, from the, that were in the area at the time, uh, that approached me and they, t- and one of them told me, he goes, you own the, you own that car? And he go, yeah. He go, you're the reason I bought a square back. <laughs> <laughs> Was that here in Vegas? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows? That might, that might've been my brother, George. You never know. So, yeah. So I'll never forget that. That's I'll never forget cool. that. Well, that, and that's really, it's really what the hobby's about, right? Just doing, you know, you see something that inspires you and then you go and build something that inspires somebody else. So I think that's the best part of the hobby, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh, Paul brought a lot of energy. Paul brought a lot of energy when that car was getting put together. Yeah. 
Well, that's cool, man. Well, I'm glad I got. I'm glad we got to have you on the podcast and and, and tackle the the history and the story of uh, of Pookie's Dream. Where's the, where's the name Pookie's Dream come from? Uh, my Nick. Okay, you know, uh, Pookie was the uh, was. Um, you're familiar with the Garfield. Comic I am. Trip. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pookie was the teddy bear uh, uh, for Garfield. Okay. Okay, so at the, uh, before, I mean, before I got the car and, and what that, my wife's nickname to me before we got married was Pookie, Pookie Bear, because I was I was always a huge Garfield fan. Yeah, I still to the day have a huge collection of stuffed Garfield all put away, but Pookie was the uh, I mean Pookie was his uh, uh, Pookie was his uh, was the um, was his teddy bear. She nicknamed me Pookie, you know, uh, Pookie Bear, and decided, well, you know, well, we got to give the car a name. And I was thinking about it. And I go, well, what about this? And she thought it was great. So, well, cool. I actually still have a cosign. Oh, you do? Show sign, show sign, still hanging in my garage. Nice. Yeah. The only thing that's wrong, the only thing that's really, uh, the only, pretty much the only uh, thing that's really wrong with it is it's just got a small chip and. Uh, in one area, but other than that, it's all intact and, and, and it's actually pretty in, in pretty really good shape. Cool. Uh, um, so you sit on the plates. I can take it off the wall. And I mean, if you wanted to use it, you can, I mean, yeah, no, I was wondering if you still had the, the, the personalized license plates though. No, no, the plates went, the plates went with the car. Oh, okay. Yeah. The plates went with the car. Unfortunately, um, I have a Pookie T2 plate, but I do not have, uh, I do not have PK KYS DRM. I, that one I let go. Gotcha. Well, cool guys. If you want to come see it, you can come see it. We'll figure that one out. We'll figure that one. That's cool. Well, I mean, I mean, congratulations. Uh, I just, uh, I, you know, I just, um, you know, I, I hope you're. Uh, I, I hope you knew what you were getting, and I hope it wasn't too much of a disappointment to get your. I mean, when you saw it, I, uh, I knew. I I had seen good pictures of it, so I I wasn't too too upset when I picked it up. So. Okay. For the price, I mean, I, I you know it runs and drives, and it's a Volkswagen, so you know attachment to it at that price, uh, it's a done deal. That's it, man. Right. On. Well, great. Right well, hey, man, it was great having both of you guys on the on the podcast today, and uh, I appreciate uh, I appreciate both of your contributions to the VW scene for sure. All right, Bill. All right, right guys. On. Hey, I Thanks, appreciate man. it. Thanks. Hey. If you liked that podcast, and I know you did, make sure you go to support Let's Talk Dubs by going to our website, letstalkdubs.com, clicking on the store tab and picking up some merch to support the podcast. When you do support the podcast, you get a shout-out. You can also give a five-star review on apple podcast to get a shout out so our first shout out this week goes to my guy juan hernandez out of stafford arizona picking up some merch appreciate him so much want a shout out on let's talk dubs pick up some merch or leave a five-star review on apple podcast even spotify wherever you go make sure you leave a review we appreciate you when you review the podcast so also share this podcast with your friends we really appreciate the podcast is growing like crazy tons of people are getting it because you guys are sharing it with your friends so do me the favor, keep sharing this podcast with all your friends. And until next week, guys, later.